0: personality traits on this edition of Truth In Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today on the podcast, I am delighted to invite one of my colleagues, uh, uh, another professor good friend of mine, Jeremy Pierre, to the podcast. He's an associate professor of biblical counseling at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, he's written a very helpful book for us called The Dynamic Heart in Daily Life. If you haven't read that, I would encourage you to read that. He helps us to shape out ways to think about us as human beings and different aspects of our being and seeing ourselves as a collective whole. And I think you'd find it as a helpful resource. Jeremy, we're so grateful that you're here to, to talk to us today about this new and exciting topic of personality traits.
1: <laughs> I'm grateful to be here.
0: As we begin, there seems to be a lot of confusion. I think one of the best things for us to do is just let's begin with what does the Bible have to say about personality? Well, like so
1: many things that are actually very important to our daily experience, the Bible doesn't lay out a system for us to understand it. So if you try to look up in a concordance personality and then trace it back in the Bible, you're going to be disappointed. But you shouldn't be disappointed with the Bible because that's not the point of it. Rather, it gives us a lens through which we understand God's purposes for humanity. That's the core of how we understand things. Now, In terms of personality, we can do a number of things in observing scripture. So we observe in narrative form, for instance, that characters, that the people are described in very different ways. They respond in different ways to similar situations. And God's interaction with individuals is different. So what's amazing is Abraham's particular foibles, God had to address and deal with in the particular way he arranged Abraham's life to make him from a man with low moral courage, you know, sort of handing his wife off to, to guys he was scared of, to a man of extreme moral courage when he went out and fought the kings to save his nephew. And the interactions with him were different than like with Jacob, his grandson. Uh, Jacob was a, was a crafty deceiver and God had to... God had to draw that out of him by getting by allowing him to be deceived and allowing him to understand from Laban what it feels like and making him into a man of integrity. So we see in narrative description that there are different styles with which these guys relate to the world. Um, so that's one. And then I think the other way we see the Bible acknowledging the reality of different personalities is uh, the direct address. So when Paul wrote to Timothy or to Titus, when he wrote to different churches, when Jesus addressed the different churches in Revelation, when there's direct address given to different people, there's different things that are emphasized. There's different things about that person that are acknowledged in terms of the care that's that's received to them. So both in narrative form and in direct address, I think the Bible does acknowledge just the common sense reality that we all acknowledge that people relate to the world in different ways.
0: That's so true. I mean, as I think about people and the way that we respond to life, uh, you know, sometimes as we consider what the Bible says about these things, in our modern day, we use this idea of personality, and sometimes we hide behind it as an excuse. Sometimes someone might say something like this, well, you know, I'm just extroverted. I'm a boisterous personality and what they find themselves doing is is talking too much. You have someone else who is would say, Well, I'm I'm just introverted and you know, I don't get along with people very well. They find themselves isolated and it they find themselves in a situation where they're excusing their sin in relationship to other people and, and sometimes we think about personality, you know, in that way. So Help us to think through, is personality something that's determinative or how does it influence the beings that we are?
1: Very good. So the examples you just gave, extrovert versus introvert, that's just one binary measurement of a characteristic that one particularly popular personality test, the Myers-Briggs, measures. And it measures four of those binaries and other tests measure other personality traits so what we need to keep in mind when we're using tests like that is that they can help us understand the style with which we tend to relate to the world that style is an established part of how we interact that awareness of can be helpful but the problem is it's not being viewed from a theological lens of what are God's purposes for human response and God's purposes for human response is that we reflect the values, the beliefs of God himself. The, and so, for instance, an extrovert can, you know, which if we even sort of accept that binary, mm. is can use that bright personality, that engaging personality, for either God's glory or for his own. He can use it in righteous ways or in unrighteous ways. And an introvert, what we traditionally call an introvert so someone who is more perhaps to himself more reflective more thoughtful before he speaks that can be used to God's glory or it can be used for selfish means so in any personality trait nothing excuses sin in the sense of we don't we don't get a pass because of our tendency rather we have to think of how do we sh- how do we steward that tendency to the glory of God
0: earlier you mentioned a, a couple of these tests that that attempt to measure personality traits one of those would be the Myers-briggs if you can correct me if I'm wrong if I remember correctly this was a, a test that began around the turn of the 20th century and it's been around for quite some time and it's become very popular another one of those uh, personality, test is certainly gaining popularity in the modern day is the enneagram and as we think through those personality tests are they useful at all Hmm.
1: yeah so what's so interesting about a myers-briggs versus an enneagram is they're actually they're measuring different things Uh, tests like the myers-briggs are trying to look for traits the enneagram is a slightly different thing because it's trying to measure core values and so what's interesting to me is you, you can see both the limited scope of the tests when you see that they're measuring different things and also the reality that we're complex beings. And when we even talk about personality, we don't always mean the same thing and we're not conceiving of it the same way. This is a construct we're trying to do our best to understand. And so the Enneagram is, you know, as I said, mentioning or measuring sort of core values so I've taken the enneagram just as part of my research for all this stuff. I'm a helper. I'm a I'm a type 2 which describes really a lot of what drives me and motivates me in terms of wanting to care for people and relate to them well and then all the pitfalls that can come from that. Mm-hmm. So but but the problem with that test and any other test is they are measuring you along maybe one, maybe two axes of the complexity of who you are. So two angles, two perspectives, where there might be dozens and dozens of perspectives of who we actually are and why we function the way we do. So I think as long as people know what it can do and what it cannot do in telling you about yourself, Mm -hmm. they can be helpful to simply gain self-awareness. Where I see a lot of danger is people who take the latest test and they now think, I now know who I am. Mm-hmm. And then they interact with everyone out of that knowledge. And if, if someone doesn't square with them or, or someone interacts with them in a way that pushes the wrong buttons according to whatever test they've taken, mm-hmm. they, they, they use it as a, a reason to withdraw from that person. Mm-hmm or they use it as a reason to not lean in, or they use it as a reason to not take up certain tasks that clearly need to be done in their context, but they're not for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's thinking very individualistically mm-hmm. rather than collectively. And I think the Bible pushes us to think about both, right? We are precious as individuals in God's eyes, and yet we are made for community and thus our own direction, tasks we take on and and the things we interact with aren't determined by just what we sense we're good at or bad at. Like, what does the community need? And we need to pull always be pushing outwardly.
0: That's right. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned that danger of us thinking that these things create or define our identity. And we know clearly that Scripture gives the clarity on who we are. It explains uh, we as believers as being identified with Christ. That's who we are. Right. And everything we do flows from that. Now, what's important about all that we've talked about even up to this point is for, for our context, for our sake, as we bring these ideas that can be helpful into the counseling room. So so how do we make that transfer of the knowledge that we've gained about personality traits and bring that into the setting of the counseling room for it to be helpful as we work with people?
1: Yeah, very good. So so what I what we've been driving at is sort of maybe a way to conceive of personality that that that's portable so here's my here's a shot at it okay i think personality we have to understand as a style of response so response is the key word there because we're always trying to help people understand why are they responding to their context in the way that they are so it's a style response but it's based on an established pattern of response which also is reflective of maybe core motivating values or desires, okay? That's actually where I think the Enneagram is a helpful conversation partner to a Myers-Briggs, for instance, right? It's not just traits, it's also values that motivate. But it's not just values that motivate, it's also our established pattern of action kind of like puts us in certain uh, ruts, I guess. And so when we're counseling someone, it's just helpful to know in knowing this person and how to best communicate to them, what to expect from them, how do I actually direct the truth of scripture to them in a way that doesn't just square with my perception of the world? Because we as counselors have a certain style with which we relate to the world. And sometimes sometimes we can front load that to the extent that we're judging the the responses of the county based on how we would respond in the same situation Mm -hmm. and we will all tend to think that our responses are a little bit more righteous than their responses and it's just it's good to be aware of it because we can both go back to scripture and allow that to be the judge of okay what does god call righteous Mm -hmm. in this situation and it may not be if, if someone's lonely or someone's, uh, you know, just severely sort of inward and isolating, maybe for you, it's easy for you to go out and t- five people after church or, or establish three deep friendships mm-hmm. or do whatever. But for them, it doesn't look exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So you're just asking, what does it mean for them to not isolate honor God by engaging with people? It may look different than the way I engage with people.
0: So, Jeremy, as we've we've talked about some of these ideas relative to personality traits, we've attempted to do this application uh, the way we think through applying these ideas in the counseling room. Uh, As we sum all that up, just give us a, a couple of takeaways from your study of personality traits.
1: Well, I think one that might resound powerfully with folks, I hope, is that Christian growth is not about changing your personality, but about maturing your personality to better reflect the character of god. We all have this tendency to look for different christian leaders, men and women who exemplify values and traits that we want and then we look at our own style with which we relate to the world or our own tendencies and we tr- we try to map ourselves after them in all of the specifics. And so, you know, we want to have the dynamic personality of this guy or the incredible reflectiveness of this woman and we think that that's what godliness is that's that's a that's a display of godliness that honors him in the uniqueness of who those people are mm-hmm. but but our job as Christians is by faith in Jesus Christ in pursuit of his word to mature in the persons that he has made us to be our unique styles with which we relate to the world we just waste a lot of time, I think, longing to be something other than we are when Christ wants to do the miracle of
0: displaying his character in who you are. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now, today on the podcast, we've been discussing this issue of personality traits, and you always in, in different periods of time have different issues that rise to the surface. And one of the things that we want to help our counselors with, particularly our our partners in ministry, is we want to help you think through these types of current events, these types of current ideas from the perspective of biblical counseling. So, one of the resources that we've created at ACBC is the Counselor's Toolbox, where quarterly, for those who donate to our ministry $40 a month, uh, we are sending you a Counselor's Toolbox, which would include a biblical counseling resource to help you stay up to date with things going on in the biblical counseling movement, ways to think about current issues and events uh, in the world from a biblical counseling perspective. And we invite you to become a partner, to enjoy that resource quarterly as we help you walk through with a companion guide, that resource to, to strengthen your skills, to strengthen your knowledge about the biblical counseling movement and what's going on. If you'd like to find out about the Counselor's Toolbox and other resources available at ACBC, you can visit us at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.